Hey, Prime members, you can listen to That Spooky early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. You're listening to a Morbid Network podcast. This episode is brought to you in part by June's Journey. Picture it, the glamour of the roaring 20s wrapped in a mystery that only you can solve. Dive into June Parker's captivating quest to uncover scandalous family secrets. With your keen eye for detail, find hidden clues and solve mind-boggling puzzles. It's all about observation, intrigue, and drama. But beware, each clue leads deeper into a thrilling storyline filled with danger and romance. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Your adventure awaits. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's Spooky, I'm Johnny. I'm Tyler. And this is a weekly podcast that's kind of like if the Gay Men's Chorus did a set at OzFest. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that would actually make me go to OzFest. Hell yeah, what a vibe. Yeah. Like, me, 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 me. Um, oh, what would they do? Oh, um, respect, walk, what do you say? <laughs> you know? <laughs> just imagine all of them just marching. <laughs> yeah. Just marching in place. What would what would the ensemble be if the gay man chorus went oh to OzFest? Okay, if they came on and they did a rousing round of Walk by Pantera to get the get the crowd really going, mm-hmm. um, I feel like they would come out in like marching band attire yeah. and do like a kind of a step kind of routine <laughs> with what they're yeah. doing, you know what I mean? Would they totally. grunge up the marching band no, attire or would they be just so out of no, touch? It would totally be um what is that Lizzie McGuire movie where she goes to military camp and she does like the rifle Cadet, spinning routine. Cadet Kelly. Cadet Kelly. They would all be dressed like Cadet Kelly. So they would yeah. start off like that and they'd be singing uh Walk by Pantera. And then I feel like at a certain point after the first chorus it would turn into a medley. Uh-huh. So then they might go into a rousing round of uh Chop Suey by system of a down uh-huh. and maybe that's the point where they would take off the cadet hat and the wig would drop down oh. suddenly the fatigues or whatever the fuck they're called the garb comes down and they're just in full fringe they end it in like a black sequin maybe like a uh-huh. a, a duo tone shifting kind of thing wow because we're expecting them to perform around dusk uh, yeah. <laughs> the gay man's chorus they're performing at Ozfest around Only a dusk. magic hour they, honey. they said we have a lighting rig that like that ha- yeah we have uh, lighting requirements that need to be met therefore we yes. need to be performing 
at sunset or after. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And, and OzFest would obviously bend over backwards for the gay men's chorus. Absolutely. Ooh, honey. Yeah, um, maybe a few other ways, too. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, they would do that. And then, of course, they would end the night in a rousing sequin number of some sort. Uh, maybe doing an enter Sandman, but doing exit Sandman. Ah, you know, just yes. a, a sassy little take on the classics. Johnny, you need to direct the gay man's chorus. Oh, imagine the acapella. And then the other one's coming. Oh, my God. I don't even think I would have to imagine. Yeah. I'm sure if you hopped on YouTube right yeah. now and you searched Enter Sandman, uh, gay man's chorus, yeah. it probably already exists. Oh, yeah, totally. I just want to hear like James Charles perform it um sorry <laughs> i got so into that i don't know if the mic picked it up but i did that gay person thing where i fan myself yeah I'm, I'm not even hot i'm just really into the the fantasy that i'm laying absolutely. down absolutely i mean i'm into it too <sighs> all right hi everyone so welcome to the dang show the ding dang dong show it is a brand new year everybody. Yeah, it's new year same old us yes same old spooky gay bullshit and uh i i think that's a good thing i think so too yeah you yeah. know what year ain't nothing but a number hell Things yeah don't have to change just because the calendar did absolutely yeah no we're still up to our old tricks um now with that being said we kind of have hit the two month mark since we did our last listener stories episode so tyler and i decided as a treat to kick off the new year let's do a listener stories episode hell yeah i love listener story episodes because it gives us an opportunity to connect with the spooky bitches and also to learn about all of the spooky oogie things that our listeners have experienced because honey there's a lot of spooky stuff going down. Yeah, and it always runs the gamut. It's a really good time. If you've never listened to one of these before, don't turn it off. Don't be like, oh, this isn't a traditional episode where they just cover, cover two cases. Like, uh, no, this is something so much more. And it's a real special treat. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, we are going to do spooky gay bullshit. So this is structured like a regular, regular episode. But instead of doing topics, we're going to do some listener stories. So is there anything that you want to talk about before we get into the spooky gay bullshit of it all today? I mean, I just want to remind everybody that since we have no drag race to talk about uh we will have drag race to talk about next week yes because there's a new season of rupaul's drag race on the horizon yes so if you're listening to this when it drops in the regular regular feed and you're like why aren't they talking about drag race yet it's coming in the next episode uh -huh. and we have not watched meet the queens yet because they film it after the season and everyone's been eliminated once they do those interviews and you can kind of tell who went home yeah. so i don't like to watch those because i don't like looking for clues because i'm a bit of a nancy drew at the heart of it all so uh -huh. uh, we're just ready Ready to fall in love with the queens on episode one so we'll report back next week and let you know our thoughts and our feelings absolutely we will but in the meantime johnny mm -hmm. i have some spooky gay bullshit to share beautiful if you want to get into it i absolutely do because i don't have anything prepared okay i'm relying on you all right well perfect because i got a great story and i really just want to give a big awa awa to mary warwick okay mary warwick has no idea who we are and I just learned about Mary Warwick, but I'm here to tell you that Mary Warwick is a goddamn queen. Okay. Because she just nursed 1,600 bats back to health in her freaking attic. So get into this. Uh, Mary Warwick is a wildlife director at the Houston Humane Society yeah. in uh, Texas. Uh -huh. And she's been working with bats for the last few years. Like I think really just like honing in, focusing on bats, 
doing good things for bats. We love that. And uh, recently, on December 21st, 2022, there was, I guess, like a pretty bad cold snap in Houston, mm-hmm. where the temperature just plummeted really quickly. I guess the, the temperature was around 60 degrees Fahrenheit, but then overnight it dropped to like 22 degrees Fahrenheit, Ooh. which in Celsius is like minus five. So yeah. That's pretty cold. I was going to say, in bat terms, that's harsh actually it's very harsh yeah um because as the temperatures began to drop uh warwick mary warwick became concerned about the well-being of the local bats and because she had been working with these bats for a while she knew exactly where they were living under bridges love that. and she went to this location that she knew of where there was a big colony of bats uh, just to check in on them basically do a welfare check on bats and when mary arrived at the bat bridge she saw all kinds of tiny dots on on the ground and mm-hmm. all of these tiny dots were bats no. yeah so she explained in an interview with cnn that uh, as the bats bodies temperatures dropped they were no longer able to hold on inside like the cavity of the bridge where they would nest mm-hmm. or where they would roost and then some of them started to become so hypothermic that they lost their footing and then fell to the ground oh, and, and these are like tiny bats yeah. like we're not talking like big fruit bats even these are little tiny bitty bitty babies Mm-mm, they can't fight for themselves they really can't and and when they fell they fell like 20 feet so the oh. fall alone could be really uh, dangerous unfortunately some didn't even survive the fall and some didn't survive the cold oh. but uh mary jumped right into action and she ended up taking 138 bats off of the ground and then put them into a box in her car turned on her seat warmers to help slowly warm them up and then did the drive home so she rescued every bat that she could could yeah um that that was on the ground and drove them home that's amazing yes now uh on her drive home, Mary noticed that the bats were starting to move around, the ones that had survived, because mm-hmm. some of them were like so hypothermic that they looked dead, but she couldn't tell really which ones were dead and which of them weren't. Uh-huh. Um, so she had, you know, just all of these bats with her, and some of them were moving around. So it was like, yes, that is a really good sign. So here she was with 138 bats to try and take care of. But shortly thereafter, she received a call from somebody else who was concerned about bats. And then that that person had found 920 bats that were in need of help. So Mary Warwick went to collect these 920 bats and then brought them back to her house as well. So she ended up taking all of these bats in. And like I said, some of them had unfortunately died from the cold and or the fall. But others were, were able to be nursed, although they were in rough shape. So those that were in the worst shape were put into incubators just to help raise their body temperatures. And then they were administered fluids to mm-hmm. try and just like get them back to to through their normal selves. Totally. Now, because Mary was basically left with her own devices, like there was a, a bat sanctuary named Bat World Sanctuary in the area, but they couldn't take any of these bats. Really? So Mary was left to like take care of these bats completely on her own. But she did collaborate with the Bat World Sanctuary, and they came to the conclusion that it would be best that she doesn't release them into the wild right away so that they could rest and regain their strength. Mm -hmm. So then Mary just turned her entire attic into like a little bat party den. Oh, my God. A bat cave. Yeah, exactly. wild. That is way too many house guests. (laughs) 
It's a lot of bats. I love bats. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's impressive. Good on you, Mary. Yeah. And then while she was doing this, she ended up getting even more calls about bats in need. And ultimately, she ended up helping over 1,600 bats who were, like I said, all living in her attic until the cold snap was over. And I think only about 138 bats actually died. Whoa. Which considering this was like apocalyptic temperatures for these bats, that's like a pretty astounding number. Absolutely. Because it could have very easily been 1,600 dead bats if it weren't for Mary Warwick. Absolutely. Now, once the temperatures did return to normal, it, it was safe for Mary to start to release the bats back to the bridges from and the places from whence they came. Mm -hmm. And to do this, she actually ended up getting help from other people in the uh, Humane Society, and they rented a scissor lift so that they could literally lift the bats up into their little their little home under the bridge yeah get into it yeah and then some of them weren't healthy enough to be released like she would bring them and they were still kind of like flying sideways yeah. so then she would bring those bats back and let them live in her attic until they were all like good and ready to go and, and be reunited with all their friends that is so cute I'm so happy for these I bats. I, I wish nothing but the best for them. And absolutely. For absolutely. So that's like the best uh, bat news I've heard in a while. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Mary Warwick, patron saint of bats. Hell yeah. Patron saint of freaking bats. Absolutely. Yeah. That is, that is outstanding. I will never think of the song Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers the same ever again. It is now <laughs> and forever about bats. Yeah. Yeah. It had a really good run with its original intent. You know, it had a deep meaning. But now for me, it's about bats. It's freaking bats. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And I also just want to thank my source. Uh, thanks to CNN.com for the article. This wildlife rehabilitator rescued over 1,600 bats during Houston cold snap. That was written by Zoe Sotile and published on January 1st, 2023. Get so a great it. way to start the new year. Yeah, totally. Some nice news for once. Yeah. For once. For once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's better than that news of Miley Cyrus singing with Paris Hilton. Oh, that happened? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. I mean, at least we got the worst news of the year out of the way. Yeah, Right totally. off the bat. Yeah, I'd rather hear about those bats than that old bat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. That's not even about age. I just mean old bat as, you know, a turn of phrase. Just yeah. like you call your grandma an old bat. You know, it's, <laughs> totally. it's a term of endearment. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> let's do it before we get in trouble. Hell yeah um do you want to talk about housekeeping oopsie poopsies do you have anything to report on i mean not really okay i'm perfect i'm beautiful i look like linda evangelista i'm a what model oh i i was like you're sick like i don't know <laughs> well I'm, that is true yeah so sorry if i sound a little bit weird yeah thailand's been stepped up right now it's true but johnny do you have any oopsie poopsies housekeeping what have you no i'm good okay yeah great yeah oh sorry no i'm perfect i'm beautiful i look like linda evangelista and i'm good thank you yeah, yeah we, we, we there was a moment in time where we kind of stopped saying that and people called us out for stopping oh, to say it right you know they were like why don't you say that anymore yeah totally i mean good <laughs> you know what keep us on our toes yeah if you're gonna call us out about something like that's the thing to call us out about right yeah, yeah. you know keeping us in check <laughs> it's true. In, in that respect you know, keeping the inside jokes going. That's right. Not going gently into that good night, as one would say. That's right. Um, all right. Well, I guess we're just good to get into it then. Okay. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I am too. And I'm starting us off this week. I have got a email here 
that was sent into us from G, and uh, they entitled it "Don't Go Out Into the Woods Today." Ooh. I love it. It's Listen. very teddy bear picnic, yeah. but it's even more ominous. I'm mm-hmm. like, what kind of, is it like a teddy bear satanic ritual? You, you know, if it's going down in the woods, it's probably not good. A teddy bear cult meeting? I don't know. All right. It's possible. Um, cult of the teddy bear? Love it. Ooh, write <laughs> yeah. that down. That's my band. Okay, great. Okay, so they say, uh, when I was 10, my brother, he was 13, and I went to stay with our cousins who had just moved into a new home in the woods of McCreary County. KY. KY, Kentucky? Kentucky? I think I was, so. Like the jelly? Is it like what? the jelly? Like the jelly? <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's Kentucky. Okay. Um, I am now 29, so this was roughly 19 years ago. We got there around dusk, and my cousin's girlfriend's kids had also just gotten there. Brittany and Dustin are their names. They were just a little bit older than my brother and me, 14 or 15 or so. We all ate dinner, and then the parents banished us downstairs to hang out for the night so that they could do adult things, a.k.a. smoke left-handed cigarettes. Uh-huh. Been there, done that. I am that adult now. Yes. So, as troublemaking kids, we of course spent the night playing violent video games. I want to say it was Manhunt. After a few hours of that, we found out that they were playing the Blair Witch Project and Blair Witch 2 back to back on some cable channel. Oh, yes. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like it was MTV. This was the first time that I had seen them and I was terrified and enthralled, especially with Brittany telling me that the first one was a real story and not it had happened mm-hmm. after the movies we crashed into sugar comas and woke up pretty late in the morning Brittany and dustin's mom had gone to work and my dad and cousin were fixing things around the house so we kids decided to go uh check out the yard around the house kentucky is a pretty heavily wooded state especially the part that we were in this house was at the top of a hill and surrounded on all sides by trees as we were out back exploring the yard, Brittany had found a stream that flowed into the woods. Being country kids, we were used to traipsing around the woods, and it was late fall, so it felt good. So, without a word to any parent, we started following this stream into the woods. We followed the stream for about 30 minutes or so, jumping from rock to rock and just enjoying the day when it started to get too wide and became more of a river. So, we took in our surroundings and realized we were kind of deep in the woods. My anxiety started to get the better of me, and I was getting scared thinking about the movies that we had watched the night before. Uh-huh. But my brother and Dustin seemed to, or seemed like they knew the general way home, and they wanted to go more into the woods than follow the stream back. I trusted them, and we set off into the woods, away from the water, but in what we assumed the general direction of home to be. Now that's the thing. If you're just assuming you're going in the right direction in the woods, mm-hmm. uh, you might be wrong. And that's how the Blairs got witched. Yeah. Um, so after a few minutes, we got deeper into the woods and came to this cliff overhang that had been filled with hanging glittering icicles and iced over walls. We all thought it was cool, so we decided to go and check it out. The cave was pretty big, about 100 yards or more across, and we were walking around exploring when my foot broke through a frozen puddle into the water yikes Brittany took me over to some rocks and took my shoe off and is helping me wring out my socks and get dried off my brother and Dustin are continuing to play around in the cave they were sword fighting with icicles when they suddenly yelled for us to come to them at the edge of the cave there's a huge and deep 
hole. A shovel is stabbed in the ground. Oh my god. One or two large trash bags are sitting in the hole. Oh my god. And there's an awful stench coming from this hole. Oh my god. We were all standing around staring at the hole in the ground in shock when we heard footsteps coming through the woods. Nope. We all just bolted through the woods as fast as we could in the opposite direction. I had dropped my socks somewhere in the cave during the rush. Oh, great. You left DNA. Uh, yeah. Sorry. That's Johnny right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm reading too much true crime, it Miss seems. Miss Nancy Drew over um, here. Well, I hope no one died. Um, although you might get tied to abominable snowman-related deaths or snowperson-related deaths. That's I mean, possible. It is 2023. Yeah. Um, okay. So it took us like an hour, but eventually we found the road that would lead back to the house. When we got there, our parents were pissed that we had been gone for so long and they did not believe us when we told them what we saw and we begged them to call the police uh-huh they would just not listen damn we never went back in the woods around there i think a lot about what we saw that day though recently i asked my brother about it and i said that i wanted to go and try to find it he told me that he had been a time or two but he was not even able to find the house where it happened with our uh, dad and cousin dead and having lost contact with Dustin and Brittany and their mom over the years, there was no way to find this place. Huh. I hope that I did not lose the chance of justice and peace uh, being found for someone. Our parents said a few times that it was probably a hunter getting rid of carcasses or maybe even dog fighters getting rid of the evidence of fighting dogs. But it is still something that haunts me. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, people aren't necessarily going out into the middle of nowhere in a cave digging a hole with smelly trash bags if they don't have something to hide. No, unless they have, like, a huge poop empire that they need to cover up. Right. They're like, we need to ditch the shit and we need to leave town. <laughs> They're on to us. Yeah, they were probably like, oh, I'm visiting, like, a friend for the first time. And then I had to poop. And then I got really embarrassed. So I had to run out into the woods and poop because I didn't want to poop in their bathroom because that's not what bathrooms are for. Yeah, and then it became, like, this community poop spot like yeah. the no shame poop spot for the community yeah and it was kind of like a fight club and like people would just come out to it and secretly poop and then people yeah. have to like donate to it like pbs just to keep it going because <laughs> it's public it's a public service and it's there for a reason for mm -hmm. those who know like pbs exactly yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so it's it's the communal uh shame shitting hole yeah, totally. And yeah, the, the P in PBS is for poop. Okay, so uh, <laughs> that is, they sent this in a PDF document, which I love. Then G has a sign off in their email saying, attached is the obligatory pet tax. The dog is my boy Vans and the cats are Pitter, Calico and Patter, the orange and white cat. Oh my God. Oh my oh, God. That's so cute. Look at Vans or Vons. If Vons. You, Vons. Vons. <laughs> you know who they look like? Who? Maggie Smith. Oh my God. Right? <laughs> You're right. I'm not wrong. You're, yeah, you're I'm very absolutely correct. not wrong. I mean, and I mean you're that so in, wrong, but it's right. I'm really not wrong, though. Look, this is Maggie Smith. <laughs> no. Yeah, he looks like, your dog looks like Maggie Smith. Yeah. I think that's badass. Oh, hell yeah. That's cachet, honey. Hell yeah. That can get your dog cast in the pictures. It's true. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's a Hollywood dog. Man, Maggie Smith has draw. I won't say who said it, but I, like, from my theater days, I worked with somebody, like, okay, very often people will tell egregious name droppy stories and one of the most egregious name droppy stories i ever heard a director tell was that once he was in a production where maggie smith was a, the actor or an, an actor mm -hmm. and it was allegedly part of their contract that every time they walked on stage they had to be 10 percent brighter in the lighting board than anybody else on stage that's a diva that is a diva yeah i heard that and i was like i'm sure you're lying but I'm just going to put that in my Rolodex. If I ever, 
ever need to whip that out, like for personal use, I will yeah. do that because that is a bitch diva move, and I love that. It really is. Hell yeah. Yeah. Top of the heap, baby. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of people who did that, though. I mean, Mariah Carey does that all the time. Yeah, but I just love the clause in the contract that you had to be ten percent brighter on the lighting board. Mm -hmm. That's intense. That is pretty good. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate. You just it. have an ethereal glow that nobody else has. Yeah. And like, what if they're just like fuck you and they just give you like the most ungodly like um top light that Ooh. they just bump up really hot Ooh, yeah i mean i'm sure it's very well detailed exactly how sure she must be lit totally yeah not just 10 percent. like there's like full diagram she probably steep, travels with her own lighting yeah bit. hell yeah steep 60 degree like uh cross front wash <laughs> like ballet yeah. lighting like no shadows whatsoever absolutely yeah, yeah totally all right um so that is from g thank you so much g and thank you for paying the pet tax we yeah. love it i mean it's not obligatory but if you got pets we love to see them we do love to see them mm -hmm. and uh, yeah thank you for that creepy story that what was a wild horrifying thing to encounter and i'm glad you're here you were safe in the end because you were lost in the woods and there was a stranger about. Totally. Not a good situation. Mm -mm. Anyway, I have uh, another story. This one comes from CJ and it's called Baby's First Ghost. So CJ says, hi, y'all. I hope this email finds you well. And I do apologize for contributing to the hellish pile that must be your inbox. But I couldn't fight the feeling anymore. Now, listen, CJ, you don't have to apologize. We want you to send in your story. So thank you. Yeah, in fact, we love it. And uh, when you like identify your email as a story, like because we do look at all the emails. If once once we see thou'st are a story, uh, we put it in a, a what is it called? A folder. A very special. Yes listener story folder. yes so we have them all in one place and it's actually not that disorganized in no there. so yeah it's the one part of our inbox that isn't disorganized for a good reason yeah yeah so welcome welcome but uh, cj says i have been a listener for quite a while and i very much appreciate your approach to podcasting and doing research your accountability as well as your unwavering support for marginalized victims and communities should be a model for all podcasters i'm also a patreon hashtag clout and love listening to spooky snacks your voices and stories have provided me with a comfortable companionship that genuinely means a lot to me is there a not po parasocial way to say that anyway i appreciate yeah. you both yeah, it's, i mean it's, it's fine so after listening to your recent listener tales episode i realized it was high time to tell y'all the story of when i saw a ghost it was a full corporal experience and i'm still flustered about it months afterwards now I have always been open to the idea of ghosts, but by the time this all went down, had resigned myself to the fact that I was never going to get the spectral encounter I'd always secretly hoped for. Mm -hmm. My place of work is haunted, and all of my coworkers, except for me, of course, have a ghost story or two of their own. Now, it's a warehouse, so it's already spooky enough to be there alone at night, but several people died on the property a long time ago, and it's rumored to have been built on top of a graveyard. I don't know if that's true, but big hollow spaces and machines tend to create an odd feeling, so the vibe is off either way. Mm -hmm. Now, they say apparently machines produce something called infrasound, which may cause sensory phenomena suggestive of a ghost. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, we've talked about it. Um, I believe the first time we talked about it on the podcast would have been the Wyrick family haunting, the haunting in Georgia. Oh, yeah. Be and if not one of those adjacent hauntings around that time, because there are a number of hauntings where they have believed because they're close to industrial sites um, that there are like super low frequency hums etc mm. that can cause feelings of dread 
dead or other kind of uh, psychological. That's uh, really fascinating. Yeah, effects. yeah, it's wild. It's just the machines kind of tripping you out. Hell yeah! Uh, it's, it's the uprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro, it's the uprising. Man, it's the five G. It's how it all starts. No, it's not. But no. fuck that. No, we no. I just want to say that. Yeah, exactly. Disclaimer: we we're not afraid of five G. Hell um, no. The, yeah, the only five Gs that uh, we truly fear are good god girl get grip. Yes, Rules exactly. By, which the are tenants of the five Gs. Uh, tenants of Latrice Royale. Now, CJ says uh, there's actually a paper on this phenomenon called The Ghost in the Machine by Vic Tandy, oh. but it's from 1998, and I'm not sure if any further research has been done since. That is really cool. Screen grabbing that. that out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, the main ghostly presence is that of an old lady who used to own the business and seems to be hard at work even to this day. Her name is mentioned frequently, so she's always there in spirit, but her spirit is definitely there too, because one day she walked right by me. Hey. I was going one way, and as I turned a corner, I saw a figure walk past me in the opposite direction. I assumed it was a specific coworker of mine based on height and hair color, but I noticed that she wasn't wearing the brightly colored jacket she always had on. So I turned around to ask her a question, but no one was there. Oh. God, it sounds so cliche, but that is exactly what happened. Now, I stood in the spot for a while trying to understand what's going on. My brain was going so fast that my entire body was vibrating. It was like the meme of a blonde woman who was surrounded by floating math equations with a distressed look on her face. Oh, I know exactly how mm -hmm. you feel in this moment. Now, at first, I didn't even think it was a ghost. I was just trying to figure out how my coworker could have teleported away from that spot. Uh -huh. The direction she was headed in is a dead end, and there was no way she could have gotten out except back through the door I saw her walk in from. Now, coming to the realization that I had actually seen a ghost did not make me feel any less confused. The kicker of it was my when my boss, who had been standing nearby the whole time, looked up from what she was doing and said, blasé as anything, did you see that too? It's safe to say this was not her first ghostly encounter, and I'm grateful she was there. If there hadn't been another witness, I'm not sure I would have been able to accept what had happened, and I certainly would not be sharing it. But with her confirmation, there is no doubt in my mind that I did see a ghost that day. Now, somehow the rest of my shift was normal. It turned out that the coworker I thought I saw was all the way on the other side of the warehouse at the time of the incident, and she hadn't taken off her brightly colored jacket once that chilly day. It's not quite the most exciting story to tell, but it really puts the rest of the ghost stories I've heard and didn't believe into perspective. I'm sure someone listening to this, if you decide to read it, doesn't believe me and that's okay. I had to see it to believe it after all. And if you'd like to believe, I wish upon you a most harmless and benign ghostly experience like mine. I certainly have had my fill. Now attached is a photo of my sweetest baby whom I miss very much for y'all's eye only. I hope Tyler, Johnny, and each of your furry, fuzzy, prickly friends are in great health and wish you a lovely holiday season. I personally have latched onto your extension of Halloween and will not be done with it till January. Also, do you have a P.O. box? Would love to send some goodies from the Haunted Warehouse. Aww. Kissy kisses, CJ. Okay, well, duly noted, I will not share your pet photo on social media because mm -hmm. I usually do that by default. So, gonna make a note about 
about that one because yeah. I already have it saved. So we'll just have to gishy gishy gush on our own and just tell you how sweet your little dog is. I know. They're a white dog. They have brown patches. It's very cute. Absolutely gorgeous. Okay. Now, to answer your other questions, yes, we do have a P.O. box. The um, the address is on our Instagram page. So it's in our pinned stories. Yeah, in the highlights. Yes, in the highlights. Uh, it's also, I believe, on the Secret Society main page. Is Maybe. it? Maybe. I don't remember okay. where it is. But, but yeah, definitely on Instagram. In perpetuity, like in the future, if you go to our Instagram, even if this is like 2024, as long as they still have pinned stories, it should be there on our profile. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, thank you so much for sending that to us. Yeah, thank you, CJ. And thank you for keeping the spirit of Hooga Halloween alive. 100%. Hell now, yeah. CJ's story kind of had me thinking. It's like, maybe we have all experienced a ghost and we just had no freaking idea. Kind of like the sixth sense, you know? You're just walking around a grocery store and there are all kinds of people around and some of them are maybe just ghosts. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I also just, I love this story of like uh, office social politics where like everyone has seen the ghost uh -huh. but you. I love that it's not as toxic as, you know, like everyone has this thing or something. Yeah. I just love, or you know how like you go to some workplaces and you're like, oh my God, everybody fucking smokes cigarettes. Yeah. So there's like secret secret meetings that happen when everyone goes to smoke cigarettes. And I mean, hey, I say this as somebody who smoked for over 10 years. There literally are secret meetings that happen when people go to smoke cigarettes. Uh -huh. Like shit gets talked about in the smokers areas. Um, so with that being said, I, I just love that in this workplace, it's about the ghost encounters, baby. Hell yeah. Yeah. Really? Like every office should be haunted by a ghost. Hell yeah. If I ran HR, I could get behind that. Yeah. Yeah. I would be calling the anti-ghostbusters. I'd be like, can you come bring a ghost to my office, please? The ghost implanters? Yes. Yeah, like bring a turkey baster filled with ghosts. We'll be here, baby. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just, you know what? The saddest ghost comes squirting out. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. They have like a cigarette and a fanny pack and they're like, I'm yeah. here. It's like, we're working on the technology, but this is all we got right yeah, now. This Atlantic City gambling <laughs> addict ghost. I love it. Okay. Um, let's move on, shall we? Let's do it. So I've got an email here and it is from Kelsey and it is entitled Five Gals in a Ghosty Roomy Listener Story. Fun, right? Very fun. Yeah, totally. Sounds like a comedy movie or a porn waiting to happen. Um, no offense. <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude. You get what I mean? Yeah. It's not about you. It's about the name. Yeah. The name has dimensions. Hell yeah. Just like us all. We exist in multitudes. Hello. Yeah. My name is Kelsey. She, her. You can use my name. I have been listening. <laughs> Kelsey's probably like, you cannot use my name anymore. Not anymore. You huge piece of shit. You <laughs> meteoric turd human okay my name is kelsey and you can use my name for now i've been listening to your podcast for about a year and as an in-home psychiatric nurse you guys make my hours of driving from patient home to patient home tolerable as i cackle alone in my car uh -huh. i've been considering sending this story in and figured why the fuck not yeah, why the fuck not hell yeah i also love that spelling of fuck hell yeah f-a-c-k yeah as somebody who often employs the usage of the word cack uh to replace cock especially when you're trying to be sexy uh-huh let me yeah. see that cack yeah exactly <laughs> oh that's one hell of a cack yeah <laughs> but, but fact yeah. you can now put that. that in your arsenal absolutely you, could like, you could be like holy fact that's one hell of a cack it's even better when you do it with an eastern kitty like an east coast accent uh -huh. holy fact it's one hell of a cack yeah <laughs> it's 
fabulous. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Anyway, I went to that. nursing school out of college in a bumfuck nowhere, northern Pennsylvania. Bumfuck nowhere. A bumfuck nowhere, Pennsylvania mountain town. In my junior year, four other girls and I moved into an apartment that was a converted old hotel that had burnt down multiple times. Ooh. I have always been a sensitive, and the second I walked into the building, there was definitely a vibe. Uh-huh. And there are little squiggles around vibes, so you know it's psychic. Yep. We would have weird things happen all the time and decided to make our roomie ghost less creepy by naming them Caitlin. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, that's that. true. There is not a demon named Caitlin, I'm sure. Until now. Now, my one roomie, we'll call her K, and I love that because Caitlin is also spelled with a K, so in my mind, they're one of the same, uh, would leave for class with her Christmas lights plugged in and would come home and they would be fully unplugged. Not just off unplugged dang our living room was converted from the old ballroom and had no windows so it was always pitch black when the lights were off one morning i was up before everyone else and went into the living room and as i turned the light on i heard an audible gasp so i promptly shit my pants and sprinted back into my room naturally naturally yeah absolutely yeah absolutely I mean, a ballroom uh, living room sounds kind of badass, but the lack of windows does sound a little inconvenient. That's the thing about a ballroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, next thing you know, it's the old shit and sprint. Yep. And who wants that? Especially in that order. I'll, I'll sprint and shit all day, honey. That's fine. Yeah. Because yeah. like, you get to the location, you do the deed. But to do the deed and then run, like, that's... That's big trouble. Okay, so Caitlin with a K also loved to turn off our TV, especially on New Year's Eve, right as the ball was about to drop. They're a sassy bitch. Damn, Caitlin. I know, right? Another time, I was the only one home and was studying in my room. My roommate M came home and said hi as I was the first room by the front door. She was walking to her room at the end of the hall, and I heard her say hello to someone, which I thought was weird. She then came sprinting back to my room crying because she saw someone standing in Kay's room, but nobody else was home. We'd also often hear singing and whistling and yell at each other to shut the fuck up, but nobody was making any noise, just Caitlyn. All right, Caitlyn wanted to put on a show. Hell yeah, you know Caitlyn, ever the show girl. Uh That's that's the K of it all. Okay, so, okay, finally, the creepiest part, of course, happened to me. For the entire year, almost every night, I would wake up in the middle of the night and see a shadow figure standing in my doorway, oh, no. slowly walking toward my oh, bed. No. Yeah. I didn't have sleep paralysis because I could move and the figure wouldn't go away until I sat up and turned on my lamp and then it would suddenly disappear. Even with all of Caitlin's creepy antics, the scariest part was still the cockroaches in the building. Honey. Word. We are dealing with that right now. Oh my God. Minor, uh, minor situation but just yeah. the sight of one is enough to make hell you yeah. burn the whole fucking place you down. would think that we were combating a witch who's only able to be taken down with peppermint oil because yeah. honey our home is anointed yes it is okay uh to this day i'll take a trickster ghost and shadow figure over a cockroach any day classic spooky bitch am i right 100 percent. absolutely sorry that was so long also sorry i know you hate it when people say that here's the funny thing <laughs> 
here is the funniest thing. I think this is the shortest email today. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I think it's really funny that you actually said, like, sorry, this is a, but anyway, whatever. We love it. We do. Uh, but I hope you spooky bitches enjoy my story. I have attached the pet tax of my chonky gray cat, Ellie, and sassy little black Katie, Minnie. They are my stinky babies, and I'm convinced I birthed them from my womb. Love you both. Kissy kisses, Kelsey. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. your babies are so cute. Okay, Ellie is very chonky. Hell, yeah. Chonky and beautiful. Oh I God. love gray kitty kitties. I do, too. I hope that they have, like, blue eyes, but if not, even if they have, like, amber or green or something, it's beautiful. Uh-huh. I love a gray kitty. And then, oh, the little black kitty, Minnie. Minnie. Oh, my God. Minnie's just, like, chilling on her back. And compared to Ellie, yeah, they are kind of mini. And that's a... Oh, actually, they're laying by an exercise bike. Do you see that? Maybe that's the secret to Minnie's success. Oh, that must be it. Reps, baby. Reps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. So cute. Thank you for sending that, Kelsey. Yeah, thank you, Kelsey. And I'm so sorry about the shadow figure that kept fucking with your sleep and vibes. Absolutely. Oh, my God. What a long email. I can't even believe it. <laughs> Frig, Kelsey. <laughs> JK, Man. JK Kelsey. Way to bring the party down with your like freaking email. Like, okay, put away the scrolls now. Kelsey's done typing. Oh my God. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Tongue sorry. firmly planted in a cheek. I'm being a real cack sacker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but truly, that is, that is a pretty spooky situation. Maybe though, the ghost was unplugging all the lights because they didn't want another fire to happen. Absolutely. Maybe they were just, yeah, really a fire conscious ghost. Yeah. I'm into Maybe it. Maybe Caitlin was just looking out for y'all. Hell putting yeah. out little fires instead what, of starting them. What a great roommate. Yeah. And that's all you can want, right? That's right. They don't steal your food and they got a, a mind for fire safety. Right. That's a dream. Okay. All right. Uh, the next story comes from Kate, and it's just called Spooky Stories. I love it. So get into it. So Kate says, hello, my sweet gay uncles. My name is Kate, she, her, and I have a few spooky stories to tell you. So much so that my adorably crazy father swears I am a medium. But first, I want to thank you both for your amazing effort and such a wonderful podcast. I'm a long-haul trucker and a freight dispatcher, so my personal protection dog, Kodak, pet tax attached, and I love listening to spooky stories on the road to help those two-week-long trips in the truck go by faster. Aww. Also, I am a writer in my spare time, so apologies if I go a little overboard here. This will be long, and I have a lot to talk about. Okay. Now... For the good stuff. When I was living in sweet snowy pine Santa Colorado as a child, my dad and I moved into a little farmhouse after my parents got divorced. The first and only previous owner of the house had died a couple of months before we moved in, and I was only four when we moved in, so I obviously didn't get the details. Mm -hmm. I always had strange feelings in that house, so much so that as a child I was too scared to sleep in my own room and would sleep on the couch or on my dad's floor. Ooh. You know that feeling when something is behind you, and when you turn around, nothing is there, and that feeling goes away? Yeah, in that house, that feeling would stay in front of you when you turned around. Ooh. I could pinpoint where in the room the energy was. Now, as I got older, I wasn't scared of it anymore, but I did experience sleep paralysis a lot and only in the master bedroom. I got the master bedroom because it was hardwood and my dad wanted carpet. Okay. Now, usually my sleep paralysis would be pretty tame and only last a few seconds with no hallucinations or terrible, overwhelming anxiety. A couple of times, though, I saw an older man in a wheelchair next to my bed. He was balding on the top of his head and had a long 
long white beard just like my dad. Now, once he even reached out and touched my hand, he was never mean or scary. And although the experience was spooky and very unsettling, I wasn't even afraid of the man himself. I always felt like he was trying to comfort me through my sleep paralysis. When I would wake up from my paralysis, the image of the man would be gone, but I could still feel him next to my bed. After this happened a few times, I told my dad about it and asked him for pictures or the name of the man who had built the house and lived there before us. Sure as shit, I found the obituary of the man who would sit by my bed and silently comfort me during my toughest nights. The newspaper clipping from my small town made him out to be a wonderful man. I don't know why he was still in that house, but I hope he's all right. Mm-hmm. Now, I also experience other things in the house. Strange electrical behavior, my bedroom door opening and closing on its own, my curtains opening on their own, the sound of a wheelchair rolling across the hardwood floor, faucets turning on and sinks flooding without being plugged. My dad had seen a couple of orbs and even caught them on camera once while recording the dogs playing in the living room. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to see that video, I'd be happy to try and find it for you. Yes, please. Uh, Yeah, thank you. If you can find it, you know, don't break your back trying to find it. You don't need to go to cyberspace. But like, if you ever come across it, please share it with us. Mm -hmm. We'd love to see. Now. Onto the house that I just bought a year ago. I moved to another town, this time to Kansas. I know the transition from the beautiful Rocky Mountains to the winding hills of Kansas seems like a downgrade, but I love the cheap living. Now, my house here was built in 1826 and has been kept as original as possible for the last 200 years, obviously needing to change things to be up to code. Now, there are definitely energies here. I feel them mostly in the cellar, the laundry room, and the hallway, but I'm able to pinpoint them all around the house, just like in the Colorado house. Mm -hmm. None of them seem malicious, so I'll talk to them when I go around the house doing chores or when I'm cooking. Now, Kodak will stare into random spots and even wag his tail and greet someone who isn't there occasionally. He does this really cute thing where he makes a little smile and wags his tail when he's being pet, and he'll do that when he's visibly not being touched as well. Oh, uh, See, that is the kind of ghost that you want. Absolutely. A dog-friendly ghost? What more can you ask for? Yeah, I couldn't ask for more than that. You know, like, I want pet-friendly apartments, and I want pet-friendly ghosts. Hell yeah, no, like, and both together, match made in heaven, hell, whatever. Yeah. Purgatory. Purgatory. Hell yeah. Now, as for the activity that that goes on here, I've had the stairs to the cellar creak unprompted, doors open and close on their own, footsteps in the house, stuff falling off of the shelves in the cellar, the string for the cellar light swinging back and forth. There's no ventilation down there. Objects and nicknames, or sorry, objects and knickknacks moving locations on their own. I think they like my spooky decor. Candle flames flickering, going out, and reigniting after I've blown them out. Okay. Yikes. Mm -hmm. And finally, the front porch light will turn on and off on its own. There have been no sleep paralysis, no 
apparitions. My lovely boyfriend finds how calm I am with all of this stuff happening around me strange and unsettling, but I know my ghostly roommates are chill and just want to retain some autonomy within their home. I think keeping the house as it stood for 200 years is helping them feel at home, and the cellar being almost entirely original might be why they hang out there so much. Now, I don't know who they are or why they are here. Someday I'd like to try and figure that out. But catch me dead before I use a spirit board to accidentally invite a demon into my little pack of friendly ghosts. For now, I'm looking into other, safer ways to make contact. I'll keep you posted. Below, I've attached pictures of me, the Antichrist I claim as my dog, and the repeat felon I call my horse, joker also just for fun pictures of the cellar of my house where most of the activity is in case this makes it into an episode feel free to use my name and or post pictures of my cellar and pets if not i'd love to know that my favorite spooky bitches read my story and be able to report your thoughts to my ghost besties happy holidays love you guys kate Spoiler alert, we read it. We did. Hello, hope you're still a listener. Uh-huh. If not, ooh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this cellar is sufficiently spooky. Absolutely. Sorry, I got distracted by the cellar because no, I immediately looked. Look at those stairs. There was nowhere for my joke to go. It, look at it those. It was kind of an anti-joke, if you will. Yeah, look um, at those That's stairs. wild. Yeah. That's, oh my God, that looks like, those are stairs. Yeah. Oh, oh no, that is a cot leaning up against the wall. Yeah. No. <laughs> I was no. like, those are horrifying. No, no, no. But the stairs themselves, it's very like, it leads into Black Abyss. Mm-mm, that's Evil Dead. It very is. Yeah, the original and the remake. Yeah. Yes. All and, of them combined. And Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. And many other horror movies. I mean, Kate, I'm very happy to hear that your ghosts are friendly ghosts. Yes. And I, I think you're very smart to try and keep it that way. Absolutely. To try not and fuck with them too much. You know, you don't want to go all Delia Dietz. Sure. And, and completely outfit their home in in uh, <laughs> in uh, really strange uh, decor. Decor, yeah. Um, but also, don't be afraid to slap on a, a fresh coat of paint every now and then. Hell yeah, it's a collaboration, baby. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. At the very least, maybe you could get a medium to come in and communicate with the ghosts on your behalf when making uh, design changes to the home. Oh my god, you need an interior designer slash medium. Yeah. It'd be so great if you could find somebody who does both. That's actually a really great idea for a television show, isn't it? Like with all of these like haunted shows that are out there, why yeah. has there not been an interior decorating one yet? And you know what? This is being recorded and put on the internet with a date stamp on it. So if this <laughs> happens and you are a listener of this show, I'm going to get litigious on your ass. Except not really. Unless I'm an executive producer. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. thank you so much. Yeah. Like Michelle Visage on Drag Race. I want to be an exec <laughs> produce, baby. Yeah. <laughs> exec prod, baby. <laughs> I just keep trying to shorten it. Oh, my God. All right, let's move on working. shall we no it's yeah. not so let's move on let's move on all right so i've got an email here and it's from courtney and it was entitled the time my best friend haunted me for three months Ooh, yeah that okay. sounds intense very so courtney writes hello my beautiful babies let me start by saying thank you so much for creating this podcast i found it on apple podcasts and i've been hooked ever since i'm also a member of the secret society that doesn't suck i am a 31 year old lesbian electrician that works with a bunch of big shitty baby men and your podcast gets me through the day hell yeah mm-hmm. all Ow, right Ow. absolutely we love it to hear it and uh keep keep putting those babies in 
the daycare. I don't fucking know. Yeah, just All keep right. making the shitty men uncomfortable. Yeah, totally. Uh, now, enough about me. Let's get down to the spooky shit. I have always been a spooky yuki bitch since I was a little kid. Spooky shit follows me. I have so many stories that'll creep you the fuck out, like the time I had an imaginary friend that turned out to be a little ghosty boy that died down the street from me. But that's another story. Let me know if you want to hear that one. Uh, the story I'm telling you guys today is a long one, so buckle up, girls. Okay, I do, just as a side note, yeah, I do want to hear that one. Yeah, please. please thank you. This is the story of how my best friend passed away and haunted me for three months after his death. So, backstory time. I am from a town called Levittown in Pennsylvania. My childhood best friend, Lauren, met this guy, Mike, and they started dating. Me being her bestie, I was always with them. Mike and I hit it off from the very beginning. It was so weird because he was like the male version of me. We became best friends as well. That makes total sense. Yeah. That your bestie would find somebody who has your characteristics and would fall in love with them. Yeah, totally. I get along with your best friends well. Yeah. Yeah, and then likewise with mine. So yeah, we're good. Yeah. Um, now, Mike always knew that he would die young. He would talk about it often. He even asked me to promise him that I would always be there for his daughter once he died, which I am to this day. Things ended up going south with him and Lauren after she had their baby, so they broke up and Mike had to move away, but we still talked every day. Mike called me one night extremely upset and told me he wasn't doing good. He asked me if he could move in with me uh, so that he could be closer to his daughter, be in her life more, and get away from all the bad shit that he was getting into. I said of course, I had my own place at 19, so it wasn't an issue at all. We planned on uh, him coming back the following week. I told him I loved him and hung up. A week later, Mike ended up getting involved with some shitty people and died of an overdose at the age of 17. Oh, oh I'm sorry. It crushed all of us, especially me, though, because I was supposed to help him get better. But anyway, the apartment I lived in at the time was across the street from a funeral home slash crematorium, so you can only imagine the smell it gave off. Ooh. Now, I'm a firm believer of signs from the other side, and weirdly, Mike's father ended up having the funeral there. Like at the funeral home across the street from them. Wow, yeah. The same night his body was delivered, there I was sitting in my living room and our favorite song came on. It was Forgot About Dre by Dr. Dre and Eminem. He would rap Eminem's part and I would rap Dr. Dre's. So I, of course, started rapping the song. And when Eminem's part came on, it got cold as hell in my place and I got the chills. I instantly knew it was him. Damn. Later that night, I went to bed and I have been able to astral project since I was a small kid but i can also do this thing where i astral project and dream at the same time it's hard to explain but anyway here i am astral projecting looking at myself laying in my bed i hear a knock at my bedroom door i watch myself get up and answer the door and it's mike but you can clearly tell that he is dead his skin is blue and his eyes sort of have a yellow tinge to them he was just standing there and looking at me i went back into my body and woke up and freaked the fuck out like what the fuck and i couldn't sleep the rest of the night wow I continued to have the same dream for a week every night. One night in the dream, I answered the door and said, Dude, why don't you just come in instead of standing there in the hallway like a fucking weirdo staring at me? Big mistake. I shouldn't have invited him in because after I did that, the dream went the same way. But now when I opened the door after he knocked, he just came in and sat on my bed and we talked. 
He told me, I need you to tell Lauren something for me. I need you to tell her that I am sorry for everything, that I didn't mean what I said to her the last time we talked, and that I love her, and tell my daughter I love her too, and hug and kiss her for me, tell her daddy loves her, and will always watch over her. Mm. In return, I told him I didn't think she would believe, so I couldn't do it, and I asked him why he didn't just tell her himself. He said he tried, but she wouldn't let him in, so I had to do it for him. Wide-eyed emoji. Now, I kept refusing to do it because I truly believed she would think I was fucking crazy. Well, that pissed him off, so he started screaming so loud that it felt like my eardrums were going to pop. I had the same dream for three months every night until one night I was so restless and tired from not getting any sleep that I called her at four in the morning and told her that we needed to talk and it was important. So, she came and picked me up and we sat in her car and I told her, look, what I'm about to say to you is going to sound crazy, but I have to tell you so he will stop screaming at me. Of course, she looked at me like I was a nut and I continued, Mike has been haunting my dreams for the past three months and he wants to give you a message. He said that he loves you and he's sorry for everything and he didn't mean what he said to you the last time you two talked and he also wants me to hug and kiss Lily for him and let her know that he will always watch over her. She instantly turned paper white and burst into tears. She started to tell me that she had dreamt that someone was knocking at her bedroom door, but she never opened the door because she was afraid. Wow. This obviously creeped me the fuck out too because we were basically having the same dream. She told me that they had argued over the phone right before he died, but she never told me what he said to her. It honestly didn't matter to me. I was just happy to give her the message and hopefully stop having the dream. She ended up going home and I went back to my place and went to sleep and well, he came back to my bedroom again and knocked on the door. I opened it and he gave me the biggest hug and said, thank you so much for telling her. I love you and I will always be with you too and I will watch over your daughter as well. Wow. I woke up the next morning relieved because I knew that he wasn't going to haunt my dreams anymore, but also confused because I didn't have any kids nor planned on having any at that point in my life. Well, fast forward 10 years, my wife and I decided to have a child and we ended up having a beautiful baby girl. I still dream of him from time to time and every time Forgot About Dre comes on, I still get the same chills. I did the first time I heard it after he died. I think it's his way of telling me, hey, I'm still here. And I believe he would also pop in to say hello to my daughter when she was a small baby. She would look past me and laugh like there was someone behind me and there was no one there. And now, present day, whenever she sees a picture of him, she points at it and smiles. Well, oh feel free gosh. to edit this story however you need uh, to who I know I kind of rambled on a lot, but I'm scatterbrained as fuck. You did not, you're fine. Uh, LOL, kissy kisses to both of you and keep being um, the amazing spooky bitches that you are. And please don't ever stop your podcast. Let me know if you guys want me to send you more spooky shit. Yes. Uh huh. I really hope this makes the cut. I have always wanted to have my stories on a listener episode. Love your spooky bitch, Courtney. Wow, Courtney. Wild. That is the wildest story I've heard in quite a long and time. It's so fucking touching. It's touching. It's heavy. It's everything. 
Like, you know, like if you were writing a story, you'd be like, that has all of the beats. Yeah. And like, but not, it's your fucking life. And yeah, that's amazing. I'm, like, not to sound corny, but like, thank you for sharing that with us. Like, that's really personal. And we, yeah, we just really appreciate yeah, it. It's, it takes a lot of vulnerability to share a story like that. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah. So thank you. And uh, yeah, we hopefully everyone involved in that story is doing well and having sweet visits. You yes. Know? Yeah. Baby. Exactly. More sweet visits. Yeah. More sweet ghostly visits mm-hmm. okay now i've got another story okay and this one's from kylie oh, and kylie oh. just titles it listener story so let's see what we're gonna get into mm-hmm. so kylie says hey there spooky sisters my name is kylie she her longtime listener first time writer minogue oh my god i would hope so i bet it's minogue <laughs> i i think so i'm saying it's minogue i'm calling it right now all right yeah let's call it now, Kylie says, Kylie Minogue says, Thank let you. me just start by saying that I adore both of you and your spooky tales have gotten me through some pretty low times. So thank you for all that you do. Now, as for spooky nonsense, I've got a few stories for you. Now, my maternal grandma used to be a practicing Wicca, but said she stopped practicing when her coven started dancing naked around the fire. Okay. Oh, too <laughs> living up grandma. To the... <laughs> okay. Living up to the true stereotypes of a coven. Hell yeah. And living up to the true stereotypes of grandmas, am I right? Like, right. They're yeah. not all prudes, honey. It's true. My grandma totally would have, you know, ditched her frock and danced with the coven. Probably. Or two. Hell yeah. Yeah, maybe. Not? Maybe so. Anyway, uh, she's dead. She can't say anything. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Grandma. Kylie says, suffice to say, we've got some spooky bitches in the family. Now, the first real ghostly experience I had was when I was 13 or so. I was sitting in my parents' room, running their desktop with some live wire, sorry, some lime wire downloads. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. When I just, no, when I decided to take a bathroom break. As I went to stand up, I saw a shadow pass under the crack open door going from my sister's room to the bathroom. Sorry, the cracked open door Mm -hmm. going from my sister's room to the bathroom. I heard her walk by and shut the bathroom door. I grumbled for a bit and then patiently waited for her to come out. After a few minutes, I decided to put on my annoying little sister's hat and go bang on the door. But when I walked out of the room, I saw she was sitting on her bed. Shocked, since I hadn't heard her leave the room, I asked, What the hell? Were you just in the bathroom? To which she replied, No, does it look like I was just in the bathroom? She could see that I was seriously freaked out, and after I told her what I saw and heard, so we made a pact to never scare each other about ghost stuff like that. Fast forward to 2017, when my sister died very suddenly. I promised to connect this to my other story, not just here to depress people. Now, in the house that I currently live in, I've experienced some weirdness. Things that things like hearing disembodied voices or my dog, Bones McCoy, staring at the corner of my room for mm. no apparent reason. The most notable voice occurred when a man saying something like, this can't be real or this isn't real, right next to where I was sitting on my bed. Ooh. My brain immediately jumped to that Buffy episode where she's in the mental hospital and they tell her that Sunnydale is all in her head. Anyway, I freaked out thinking that someone was in my house, but when my logical brain kicked in, I knew that the voice was too close for me not to have seen anyone. I was scared, but after a few seconds, an image of my sister flashed in my head and I immediately felt safe. 
Now, I'm a full-blown atheist, but part of me likes to think it was because my sister was out-ghosting whatever was floating around my room. I don't necessarily think ghosts and religions have to be connected, and ever since, I sage my 100-plus-year-old house regularly and hope that it doesn't send away good ghosts, too. Now, another strange thing that I experienced is super vivid and sometimes prophetic dreams. I knew the gender of my cousin's baby before she was born. I've had dreams about small events that end up happening, and in the most recent and intense dream, I think I connected with another person. I felt a little crazy until I heard a listener story you read a little bit ago, where a spooky bitch connected with their brother in a dream. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I dreamt that I saw the bassist from the band Don Brocco and said to his face, I find you really attractive. Dang. Ooh, <laughs> spilling it in your dreams. What's that one song? It was like, I've, I've seen you around. I oh find you my very God. attractive. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> you know about. that song? Yeah, it's I don't that know what dance it's song from the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, some clip from like an old movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just that over and over and over again. Totally. Anyway. Okay. I'm trying uh, to see the bassist of Don Brocco. I'm just getting a visual. Yeah, find we'll, this We'll have find to put person. it in the, in the episode description. <laughs> yes, we will. The Instagram post. Um, okay, one second. I got Don Brocco up. Who's their bass player? members okay all right tom doyle let's see oh unless we're talking about the former bass player luke rayner mm. oh i'm gonna say i'm gonna say tom doyle he's been 2012 to present okay okay sorry i just gotta i gotta see this for myself you gotta see the boys skip ahead Donnie 15 needs to seconds see the boys. if you really hate me doing this whatever yeah okay He's, he's, he's a fine looking individual. Sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. I wouldn't get him out of bed for eating crackers. That's right. Is he playing a Warwick or something? Anyway, whatever. Cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can move on. So, uh, yeah. So, Kylie has a dream, uh, meets the bassist from Don Bronco, and says to his face, I find you very attractive, which Kylie says is about how subtle and awkward I am in real life. But since he's in a different country and not likely to read a DM, I'll probably never know if he had the same dream. So if you're a listener, Tom Doyle, hit a girl up. Oh, it is Tom it Doyle. It is Tom Doyle. You were right. Good to know. Now, as for the fetid, unrefreshing waters of true crime, I work for a district attorney's office in Oregon. So I've got stories for days after they've become public record, of course. Of course. And my dad was a lead investigator for the case of a family annihilator named Christian Longo. Whoa. So if you ever want to cover that piece of total dog shit, let me know and I can give you all the deets. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, they said that they made a James Franco and a Jonah Hill movie about him called True Story that I refuse to watch because it's all about that asshole and not about his family who he brutally murdered and stuffed in suitcases. Yeah. Holy fuck. Anyway, thanks again for the equal parts funny, informative, and compassionate way that you navigate the true crime and spooky world, and I look forward to many more years of your adorable banter. Love always, Kylie. 
Attached is the pet tax photo of the above-mentioned Bones McCoy. Please feel free to use my name and share this picture. Bones McCoy is so cute. Absolutely. Oh my god. Gorgeous. I love their last name. Hell I yeah. I love their first. I just I love their name. Bones so. McCoy is definitely gonna protect you from any nefarious ghosts. Hell yeah. 100%. Bones McCoy has it together. They have a full stock portfolio. They yeah. Uh, yeah. They got an extra coat in case you're cold. They'll keep you warm. They got. <laughs> true yeah. yeah we love it we love we bones really in do. this household yeah thank you kylie for sharing uh bones mccoy thank you for sharing your stories with us again thanks for being so vulnerable and honest oh my god yeah absolutely with, with your with your lives like yeah it's really it's really cool that you trust us to share these stories with the world absolutely all right well um my last email that i'm going to be reading today is from ava and it is entitled am i a psychic personal spooky story so, get into it. Get into it. Hi, spooky bitches. Ava says, I started listening to your podcast a few months back, and I'm hooked. Uh, I'm already at about episode 125. I hope I can fully catch up soon. I love your commentary, and as a queer non-binary listener, I love spooky gay bullshit and the way you guys include our community's news with a twist. Yeah. Yeah. Love to hear that. Absolutely. Love, actually. Yeah, that makes you feel really good. Thank 100%. you. 100%. Anyways, on to my story. As a bit of background, I work with people at the end of their life, a nursing home and hospice type stuff. So considering this, this type of story does deal with death and violence later on as a trigger warning. I've always had somewhat of a sense of when bad things were going to happen. Some would call it anxiety, but it's very rarely wrong. About six months ago, I was falling asleep and began having an overwhelming feeling someone in my life was in grave danger. I woke up my girlfriend next to me, whose response was that I was just having a bad dream. I began calling a few of my loved ones in hopes she was right, but I knew better. When my mom picked up the phone, she was in tears. She explained to me that about 15 minutes before I had called, my uncle had been stabbed in the abdomen and was in the ICU. Whoa. She, too, had gotten the same overwhelming feeling that I had gotten and called my uncle, who she is not super close with, and my cousin picked up and explained what was going on. Essentially, we both knew that something was happening. And don't worry, my uncle survived and is in recovery. Oh, good news. Okay, good. Um, the events didn't stop there either, though. This is where the previous mention of my job comes in. After about, or after a week later, I had a dream about one of my residents at work. He was a resident none of the staff were very worried about, as he was relatively stable. In this dream, this resident was in front of me with a glowing gold light around him. He explained to me in this dream that he was ready to let go and thanked me for the time I had spent with him. I woke up and checked the time. It was around 5 a.m. Passing off the dream as me being a workaholic and my job just seeping into my unconscious. When I went into work that next day, I was told this resident did in fact pass at 5 a.m. on the day that I had had the dream. Situations like this continue to have happened to me over the past year, including feeling like my heart was going to beat out of my chest at the same time that my uncle had a heart attack. He did, unfortunately, pass due to this. As well as hearing gunshots that nobody else heard at the same time that a shooting happened at Club Q. Rest in power, Raymond Green Vance, Kelly Loving, Daniel Aston, Derek Rump, and Ashley Pugh. Damn. Anyway... Uh, you let me know what you think. Am I psychic or just a little ball of anxiety? Love you both, Ava. I mean, why does it have to be one or the other? Yeah. You know, live your truth. We're all a little bit anxious. Yeah. 
but maybe we're all a little bit psychic too. Maybe yeah. you're both. Maybe you're really psychic and a little bit anxious. Yeah. I yeah, I totally. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So uh yeah, you feel what you feel. That's your experience, my friend. Absolutely. But thank you for sharing it with us. That is intense. Yeah. Like people are getting fucking real with us today. Hell yeah. It's like we're consigners and this is the real real. True. Yeah. Yeah. He's very that. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I got the last listener story for this good day, mm-hmm. and this listener story comes from Jill, okay. and Jill calls this story Spooky Travels. Okay. So Jill says, hello, my fellow cutie queers. I have a story for you, actually a few, but you can pick and choose what to share. I will not be offended. The first is my own, the second is my mom's, but involves me, and the third was told to me by my friend, Let's call her Sasha. Okay. Feel free to use my name and she, her pronouns. Now, I studied abroad near Madrid in the fall of 2018. One weekend, I took a solo trip via train to the gorge town of Salamanca, Spain. Okay. I was renting a private room in an apartment there that host that the host didn't live in. I didn't realize that there would be another guest staying there, but there was. I can't remember his name, but he was another American, supposedly in town for a wedding. We exchanged numbers since we were staying in the same apartment and we were both traveling solo. Now, the first night of my stay, I got in first and heard my neighbor come back later at night. I either saw him the next day or we texted. My second night is when things got weird. After I had gone to bed for the night, I heard someone enter the apartment. I texted the American guy to see if it was him, as well as my host and his friends who had given me the keys to the flat. Mm -hmm. Neither of them was home. I wish I had the messages saved to recall exactly how those conversations went, but alas. The point is, nobody knew anything about a visitor, and I was scared shitless in a city where I knew nobody, and it was too late to take a train home. You know I wasn't unlocking the door to my room until morning. Thankfully, there was a private ensuite bathroom. The next morning, I gathered my things as quickly as possible and lugged my duffel bag around all day. Frickin' spooky. Mm-hmm. That is really spooky. Like, traveling solo kind of freaks me out personally. Yeah. The idea. I know some people do it, and they're just like, they, they have an amazing time. and But my anxiety would just not allow me to have an amazing time. I would just be prepared to be murdered. At any given moment. That's fair. I mean, I've done like some light traveling, like for work alone. It's not too bad, but yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Two sides. You know, (laughs) that's fine. That's what this podcast is all about. We should be called Two Sides. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we should. Yeah. Yeah. Where was that when we were workshopping names? Uh, In the pile with really bad ideas. (laughs) I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Traveling solo. I don't know. Again, like I am forever haunted by Lars Matank. (laughs) Oh, and, absolutely. And sorry. Lars Vidank wasn't even traveling solo. No, he wasn't. But I just, sorry, I just feel like you were like looking to me for some sort of affirmation. Like, oh, no, honey, I would never. And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's fair. I'm sorry. I should yes end you more. No. Oh, my God. It's okay. absolutely fine. I'll lie. I'll lie. I'll do yeah. Yeah. That's it. what you should do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the, Jill has another story. Okay. So this was... Uh, their mom's story. So she says, the house my family lived in when I was born was across from this massive Jewish graveyard in Warwick, Rhode Island, in case you were wondering. Mm -hmm. Apparently, one day, my mom was rocking my little brother in his nursery when I told her that I saw the pastor. 
I had never been to church and my mom didn't understand how the word was in my vocabulary. She then found out from neighbors that a pastor had in fact lived in our home at one point. So yeah, baby me saw a ghost. My mom always said that she got haunted vibes from that house, but not in a bad way. Benevolent spirits, if you will. But in a pastoral way, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it was a pastel ghost. Oh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. You just got it wrong. You were just a baby. Yeah. Or you saw a ghost in the pasture. Maybe that's what it was. A ghost of a cow. Yeah, sure. In the pasture. Absolutely. What else is in a pasture other than cows? Donkeys. That's true. And uh, animals. Horses. I'm sure. Anyway. Terrible jokes abound. Uh, that's what happens when you get past the one hour mark on this podcast. Yeah. But uh, in conclusion, Jill just says, I wish I could remember being that small. And I, I absolutely agree. Some kid, kids pick up weird words and parents have no idea how it happens. Like, I was that kid mm-hmm. as well. I told creepy stories using words and describing things that, that my parents had no idea how I knew how to say those words or describe them. That's wild. But I just did. So, I don't know. Kids, I think there's there's more to kids than meets the eye. They're yeah. linked to... They're, they're just more open oh, absolutely. to all Look, these spirits and stuff. Right? I was a sponge for swear words as a child. As you can clearly see, it's turned out really well for me, yeah. right? Yeah. It really has. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Jill has one more story. Uh, she said, this one is copied and pasted from Sasha. Okay. When I first moved into my parents' current house, my room was in the basement. I would have very vivid dreams that my parents came in to kiss me goodnight, even though I locked my door at night. One night, I had another really vivid dream, like my eyes were open, and across the room on the ceiling was a black shadow coming towards me, but there was a presence over my head that wouldn't let it get near me. Uh I never told anyone. Fast forward a couple of months, my mom comes back from a trip and brings a monk to bless the house, but specifically my room. Mm -hmm. Apparently, she went to see a psychic, and she said something bad was in the house came to find out that the guy who built my house stayed in my room while he was at the end of his life he didn't die there but still wondering if he was the shadow or the one protecting me although there is a part of me that likes to imagine that the psychic was like there is something horrible in this house and then like you the kid walk in and they're like this one (laughs) yeah This fucker yeah. over here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you have any children? Yeah. That explains Horrible that. energies. Cast them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You need to put a salt barrier between you and that little spawn of yours. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And put your peanut butter up very high because these, these evil en- energies in your home really want to smear it all over your floor. Babies love doing that. Oh, they do, yeah. Smearing peanut butter. They do. Yeah. yeah. They they love to smear peanut butter. Smear <laughs> peanut butter and sprinkle flour. Where does the H come from? <laughs> what? Where does the H come from? What do you mean? In smear. Smear? <laughs> what? Am I saying it wrong? <laughs> no, you're saying it perfectly. Smear? <laughs> <laughs> 
Schmear. Smear. It sounds the same. It's whatever you want to say, my friend. Oh, no. My friend, my love, my the light of my life. <laughs> Have I been shelling Have I been shelling seashells by the seashore this whole time? Oh, my God. I think maybe I'm being possessed by Carol Channing. Maybe that's what's happening right now. It's totally fine. Have I said schmear the whole time? The whole time we've even been together. God, that's like when I learned that I say H incorrectly. I've had yeah, to correct. You said H when H. I would first meet you, which yeah. is very embarrassing because I've been spelling my name my whole life, and nobody told me I was saying it wrong until H-Y-D-E. like H Y D E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. And now I really have to like pause and be like H. Oh, well, it's look. I worked in a, a small hamlet called Cowhead, Newfoundland, uh-huh. for four summers, where they notoriously uh, remove the H's off the top of words, so you're out of Cowhead. Um, but right. if you got like something that starts with a vowel, you add an H to it. So if you if you're out of Cowhead eating bacon and eggs, then that's you know, okay. that's what it is. Do you think they say schmear? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. You're from Cape Breton. You guys are like, just across the water from each other. It's true. I really don't it's know. It's cool, whatever. Anyway. You're sissies and schmearing. I'll work on it. No, whatever. <laughs> anyway, Jill Jill is signing off now. Okay. So Jill says, anyway, I love y'all lots. Thanks for making my days more enjoyable. Sending kissy kisses to the whole gang from Providence R.I. We're Rhode Island. We're those kissy kisses around. Yeah. And Jill says, P.S. It's very gay here in Rhode Island. Definitely come visit post-pandy. Oh, my God. Providence, Rhode Island? Of course. Uh-huh. Right? That's Yeah, that, that is the Providence, right? Yeah. Of the dick doc Providence. Uh-huh. Of, of Providence <laughs> drag performer summer shows barking out on the boardwalk. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard about it, and I'm even up here in Canada. Wait, no, you're thinking of Provincetown. <laughs> you're yeah. thinking of Provincetown. I am. That's in Massachusetts. Whatever. Right? Provincetown, yeah. Massachusetts? And you know what? That's my flex as a Canadian. <laughs> you That's know what? what I like to do. I just, like, yeah, sometimes I just... I just boldly get it wrong, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> but but Jill said that you know it's it's very gay in Providence, so I'd oh, not yeah. be surprised if they they had their own dick doc. Hell, they're probably more gay than Provincetown. You know what? It might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet yeah. you they do a lot of schmearing. Hell yeah! Ooh, baby! Yeah. All right, well, I can't wait to see you for myself to she for myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay i can't i'm losing it here no it's okay so um that's it thank you everybody who shent in (laughs) i'm so sorry i love you and i respect you so don't even worry and like everybody that's listening also loves and respects you now i can hear it yeah but why does it it's why does it not sound weird when it's schmear that just sounds correct because a lot of people say it tyler a lot of people do it's totally fine this is this is fine please write in if you also say schmear yeah or you know somebody who does yeah (laughs) he's like have has it been snake smear this entire time? Yeah, it's like Jinx Monsoon <laughs> yeah. and the yeah. kind of problematic telenovela. Oh, the uh, telenovela episode. Acting challenge. Yeah, she, have I been Italian the whole time? Yeah. Have I been saying schmear this whole time? Yeah, that's you. Okay. And you have been. That's okay. Um, So <laughs> let's move on, shall we? Let's do it. Wrap things up. Uh, And oh, actually, before we start wrapping things up, thank you to everybody who sent in your stories today. Yes. Like all jokes aside, what a crop. Yeah. 
these Damn. are some good stories again yeah. like you got like very vulnerable story t- stories and, yeah. and and life events and people are just like really opening themselves up to but, us in these stories and it's just yeah. it's just yeah but they're also just some real spine tinglers but that's it it's too freaky right as fuck yeah so they're yeah. real and they're freaky so you're just like yeah you can't make this shit up 100 percent. yes i mean you could maybe but you'd have to be a real good creative writer and if that's the case i applaud your virtuosity um so let's that work what yeah i know, <laughs> I know and that's my toxic trait so um do you want to move on yeah. Do you want to talk about our lesson of the day? I swear to God, I won't make it a repeat of that joke. Our social it's, lesson it's, of the day? Our social lesson of the day? Yes. Uh, okay. What did you learn today, Tyler? So today I learned that just because it's a ghost doesn't mean it's a bad ghost. Mm-mm, We've had mm-hmm. quite a few stories of like good spirits, benevolent spirits, harmless spirits. And if you respect them, they're going to respect you. Absolutely. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So that's what I learned. What did you learn? Um, I would probably say that my lesson of the day is just a new appreciation for the song Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And from now and forever, when people perform it at karaoke or open mics, you need to dedicate it to bats. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's what I learned. Yeah. Big lesson. I, I, I've just learned a new lesson. Dedicate more things to bats. Hell yeah. This one goes out to all the bats out there. Like this episode, this listener episode goes out to all the bats. Oh my God. You know, there's this thing that's been going around the internet recently where it's footage of bats hanging, but it's put upside down. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like them swinging around and somebody... Uh, like captioned it um like goths dancing at a nightclub and it's so perfect it's really not wrong it's absolutely not if you just look up bats uh like hanging upside like you know flipped upside down something like that you will probably find this yeah it's ubiquitous yeah and if you're looking for some fresh moves well there you go there you go mm-hmm. all right i love it there's the lesson of the day do you want to read a review yeah yeah okay i have got a a lovely review here and it comes from Krika1565. They listen on Apple Podcasts in the USA. And their review is just entitled Amazing. They give us five stars and it says, Love everything about this podcast. The content, the banter, the transparency. Tyler and Johnny put their spin on common lore and stories, but also share obscure content that makes you go, What? Highly recommended or highly recommend this wonderful podcast. Oh. That's Aww. so sweet. I love that. Thank you. I mean, a hearty what goes back to you. Yeah. Thank you, um, Krika. Yeah, Krika. Krika1565. Look, like that's kind of the goal with this show. Outside of, you know, visibility and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we just like to make people go, what? Absolutely. The higher pitched, the better. We're like a, a uh, you know, we're like a, what's the word? A jambalaya. Yeah. Uh, we're a jambalaya of feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Like a chili of feelings. Exactly. You can yeah. put a little bit of everything in there and you mix it all together and you let it simmer the right way and it comes out pretty good. A slow cooker meal of them, if you will. I yeah. love that. Great. Um, well, look, Krika, thank you so much for sending that sweet review. If you want to be just like our sweetie friend, Krika1565, and you want to leave us a sweet little review on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on, we would actually really appreciate it because as we've been saying on here recently, especially like we've been highlighting it, the reviews are super important. They really help us pop 
up on the apps, even after all these years, even though we're dusty old bitches. At this point. Uh, yeah, but like if you're listening through to the end of the episode, we would like really appreciate it if, uh, you know, you could just leave us a little five star review and a rating or rating and a review when you're done this. And uh, if you can't leave the review, but you can leave the rating, please still leave that five star rating. It's super important. Um, and you can leave us a review in our email. Send it through to there. We like to take all the reviews shake them up pick one at random and read it at the end of here because you know it's fun yeah and uh yeah like i said just a great way to support the show now if you're looking for another way to support the show and you want to get a little something out of it for yourself you can always join us over on the secret society that doesn't suck at patreon.com slash that's spooky there's a ton of stuff uh to find on there depending on what tier you sign up at everyone's going to get access to our uh, weekly mini episodes called spooky snacks but then there's like a discord there's different streaming events that we do there's a book club it's real fun. So patreon.com slash that's spooky. That's right. We are also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at that spooky pod. Yeah. And if you add at gmail.com to that, that is our email. So T-H-A-T-S-S-P-O-O-K-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. Send us your spooky gay bullshit, your listeners' stories for future listeners' stories episodes, and of course, pet photos. Yes, please and thank you. All the pet photos. Mm-hmm. We love them. Mm-hmm. What's oh, next, Tyler? I'm sorry. It's all right. Do I need to get my <laughs> my little fake keyboard to make my clicky clack sounds? No. Okay. Uh, uh, well, you could though. You it's could too make, far away. You could make keyboard sounds if you want to check out our website. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Uh, it's thatspooky.com. Yeah. You can listen to episodes from there, access show notes. You can check out the Secret Society from there, find our email, and you can also find our store. Or just go directly to thatspooky.com/store. There you can find whatever merch we have available at the time being or you can also just click our uh, bonfire apparel store link from there the bonfire apparel store uh, is where we have like 365 days a year 24 7 print order merch available uh it's real fun there's always new stuff popping up on there so get into it it. uh, with that being said i think that's all that we have for this week that's it we're done we're finished it's over yeah it's weird i feel like fleetwood can kind of tell that we're nearing the end of the episode because he's already kind of stirring yeah that's what happens that or he just farted either way we're gonna not want to have all the windows closed (laughs) and all the ventilation and we should probably take him outside so we'll do that the fart is probably a a taste of things to come yeah yeah that that never fart. use the word fart and taste in the same <laughs> sentence ever I know. again i realized as soon as i said it yeah but i'm uh-huh. not gonna edit it out um so with that being said thank you so much for joining us this week everyone i would never edit you out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if anything i'd double up your track dear listener uh and don't forget we love you very much kissy kisses and as always don't forget if you're gonna be a bitch be a spooky bitch bye, bye. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to That Spooky early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's true, then you're in luck. Because, once again, Mr. Ballin' Podcast, Strange, Dark, and Mysterious Stories is available everywhere you get your podcasts. 
Each week on the Mr. Ballin Podcast, you'll hear new stories about inexplicable encounters, shocking disappearances, true crime cases, and everything in between. Like our recent episode titled White Dust. After a middle-aged couple fail to answer their daughter's messages and calls, the daughter drives the few hours to her parents' house to check on them, but after arriving and seeing both her parents' cars in the driveway, the daughter gets an uneasy feeling and just can't stomach going inside. To hear the rest of that story and hear hundreds more stories like it, follow Mr. Ballin Podcast on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Prime members can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music.